Welcome to the Just Write Show, where you'll explore the world of the written word, from books to blogs, sales copy to screenplays, emails to essays, and everything in between. You'll discover the tips, tricks, and tactics the most successful writers in the world use every day. And now, here's your host, Travis Cody. Hello, this is Travis Cody, and welcome back to another episode of the Just Write Show. Today, joining me is a self-confessed marketing nerd. That's right. Even nerds are allowed on our show. Daniel has a background in direct response advertising, but ironically, it's his content marketing that people know him for. He's had the top 10 content of all time on inbound.org and the top content of 2017 and 2018 on Growth Hackers. With only eight articles in the past several years, he's been referenced or shared by Ryan Dice, Neil Patel, Glenn Alsop, CoSchedule, Active Campaign, and many more. He teaches people how to write less often, but get more traffic at his website, which is Amp My Content. So joining me today is Daniel. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, Travis. Uh, excited to be here. Thank you. All right. So I, I want to talk to you a little bit about your journey because we were chatting earlier and I know you started in direct response because you loved the medium. So let's start there. Direct response is sort of an odd hobby for most people. Mm. So what was it that led you into even discovering that and realizing that it was something that you wanted to do? So um, I'm a big nerd when it comes to psychology and things like that and behavior, uh, economics, behavioral response. And we actually used to own a clothing company. I created this clothing company with my partner, Freya, six, seven years ago now, maybe. Um, and that we, we built that so we could stay in the country because we're from England, but we're living in New Zealand. So we could get residency and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, so, company me, did well. so, so you're uh, where most people will study the market and come up with a good idea and then launch a business. You were like, hey, I need to do a business because so I can stay here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like we were working in uh, retail stores at the time and I could see like products were selling, um, which were terrible. And so there was an opportunity for better products, um, basically tourist style um, surf clothing and stuff like that. Gotcha, so, you know, okay. like you say, I, I've been to Vegas or whatever, right, but you don't yeah. want a cheap tea for $70. You want a good quality tea for 40 kind right. of thing. Um, so we, we, yeah, we got the email to say that we couldn't get this particular visa that we were trying because I was too old. And so I literally watched a video on YouTube of how to make a Photoshop design. And then I did a mock-up of a t-shirt, put it on Facebook, fell asleep, woke up the next day to five sales. And then I had to figure out how to get them printed because I didn't have a printer or anything like that. Um, lost money on those first sales, but then the, the business was up and running after that. We were making sales every week. And then I think within about five weeks, we were in five retail stores because we really needed to make it work. Um, that was Facebook ads, actually. We targeted ads to... So... I'm a massive nerd and it will come across in lots of things that I say. <laughs> I realized that we didn't have any leverage to get into stores. People don't want a small company with no demand. Um, and so what we did is I ran adverts local to the stores that I wanted to get into. And I got people to go and ask their local surf shop for our t-shirts. And when they went in and they didn't stock it, suddenly they realized that they were getting all these requests from people for this particular brand. 
So how does that? So did you run an ad and say go to the shop and ask ask whoever about the shirt, or was that the ad? Or I didn't um, specify like the particular store. Um, I just set it in a radius of that store. Wow! So only people who were um, near there would actually see it, and they're more likely to go in. And, and that awesome. was like, I think that was the first advert I ever ran. Um, and so then ad. would you just wait like a week and then go in and say, Hey, by the way, I'm the shirt company and we've got these shirts or were they, no, the they contacted me. Really? <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was crazy. And then, um, and we carried on doing growth and stuff after that kind of like boosted posts and things, which are not great, but, um, they are good for kind of like getting awareness out there for people to see your brand. Um, and for like a clothing company and stuff like that, it is actually pretty good because people buy, um, we buy what we see other people wearing people who are like, who have a lifestyle that we want and things like that. So they worked. Um, and then I got to quit my job cause I was working at another shop at the time and I had all this free time and I, I figured I should probably figure out how to sell more online. Cause we didn't even have a website at that point. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just a Facebook page. Uh, and it just, it blew up. We, a guy who films for the BBC just happens to live like 12 houses away. I had no idea. He found out about a company. He recorded like a free video with us. And so we did like a promo video with the BBC kind of red cameras, you know, like, I don't even know how much they are, like quarter of a million dollars or something. Yeah. They're not cheap. And I was just like, what is going on? Um, and just dived deeper into marketing online. And then because of that, a lot of people would see our clothing company, <clears throat> excuse me, and they would say, um, well, you're doing really well. Can you do the same for us? And I had all this free time. So I started doing agency work, which is much higher margins than clothing, if I'm totally honest. <laughs> um, it, unless you're doing like massive scale. We just weren't at that point yet where we had people doing all the deliveries and stuff. It was still us. Um, and because we were trying to create like this amazing service, we would drop instead of just a monthly drop to stores, some days we would drop stuff off in the morning because they'd sold it all the night before. Wow. Stuff like that. So they could, that really helped them. I think the one t-shirt is the highest selling design in, um, in the town's history at the <laughs> time. Anyway, like we sold something like 3000 units of this one t-shirt, whereas most shops would buy 12 or 24. Of, wow. You know, like a rip curl or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, so did you get to know be, be known in the town as the t-shirt guy? Um, kind of. We um so the market that I was telling you about before, it's called the little big markets. It's a um it's a really cool like entrepreneur um group here. Kind of like everyone it's I think it's just a New Zealand thing where it's like the easiest place in the world to start a business. You can literally fill out a form and get approved within like 12 hours. Wow. Um, and so we would do these things called the little big markets, which are just local. And it's just a, you know, it's just a market stall. You just put up a table and a tent and sell stuff there. And so more people got to know us there, but we did that mainly so that people could see it wasn't about sales. It was about helping ingrain the culture of the company. Like we're local, we support local. The printers that we use is literally like, um, 400 kilometers just down this road here. So if you, if we don't have a size that you want, I'll go print it off after this market and I'll deliver it to your door kind of thing like that. Wow. Yeah. And then it, it just all escalated. Um, we were doing stuff with that. I was doing a lot of paid ads and 
I starting to build the website and I would write these different guides. I mean, I, I did a case study with a friend who I used to work with, ended up working for this wetsuit company. Um, body glove, you get them in the States. They're like one of the oldest wetsuit companies. Yep. Yeah. In the world. No body gloves, huge here in the States. The crazy thing is when they, when they brought it over to New Zealand. So most wetsuit companies, uh, a premium. So like a $2,000 suit or whatever, thousand yep. dollar suit. The thing is they also have all these offcuts, so they can make cheaper suits that might be, I don't know, a hundred bucks, but they don't, they usually brand it under a different company name. They're still making it because they've got the warehouse, they've got the people, they've got the resources, but they put it under a different company. So I think Rip Curl and another company called Peak, they make their cheap suits, but they're made in the same factory. When Body Glove was brought over to uh, New Zealand, the large company that brought them over made them put their logo on the cheap suits. And so they had this... Um, they had this stigma because people would only ever buy the cheap ones and then they figured they were bad and blah, blah, blah. And so they reached out to run a paid ads promotion to try and sell some suits. And I said, I'd do it for free if they let me write a case study about it afterwards. So I think we spent, I can't even remember now. I think it was about $2,000 and we did about, well, they sold all the wetsuits that they had. They ran out of suits within 48 <laughs> hours. Um, wow. and that case study ended up being like the top 10 of all time on inbound. And then people kept asking me how to write content, which I hadn't really started out with, but I realized that all the direct response principles that I was using, the psychology of pulling people in, talking to pain points, creating desire, calls to action, all this stuff that you would use for a sales page, uh, the similar things worked in content as well. And so I would keep creating these different, uh, how to guides and they were just, insane the results were just insane um i I remember writing one guide and we had like fifteen thousand viewers no fifty thousand readers in the first week yeah and we had no seo or anything like that at the time it was literally like the second blog post um just learning how to promote and leverage and get it in front of the right people and things like that but yeah it's a it's been a it's been a crazy ride if i'm totally honest so you went from t-shirts to marketing agency, to running content for your own agency, to then people asking you how you did your content. So we would have, because in marketing and things, there's always a lot of intricacies. Like it's, it's easy to set stuff up, but to do it well, you know, you've got to remember to do this and tick this box and do this. And so we would create these internal training programs, mainly for myself. So I wouldn't forget, you know, because if you're task switching, if you're a small business owner, you're doing like lots of different things. It's mentally exhausting. And when you go from one task to the next, you'll easily forget stuff. Like I still forget stuff now, but when I follow you, right. But when (laughs) I follow the patterns, like I would have standard operating procedures. So it's like, do this and then this, and then this, I found that I would get kind of like 80% of the results every time, even if I was a bit foggy headed and things like that. And then people started asking, it came up in a conversation or an interview or something like that about this. And then we had so many people request to buy this stuff that I realized that there was a huge platform for this that I could help people. And so that's what we do now. Basically Mm. we have a, I'm hesitant to say it like a Netflix for content marketers, but it's not just about writing content because it really frustrates me. Everyone thinks that content marketing is the creation of the content, but it's not, it's about leveraging the asset and so everyone talks about how to write. They, they forget about the marketing right. 
They think that they have to churn out volume instead. Well, you get caught up in, yeah. Well, I mean, you look at Gary Vee. I'm doing 15 videos a day. And if you're not doing 15 videos a day, you're not hustling, grinding, and you're a loser and you'll never go anywhere. Like, this is what it takes to dominate the world. So I remember the first time I came across some of your stuff and you were like, God, I've only written eight articles in the last three years. I was like, what? No way. But your stuff was ranking better than everyone. And that's when I was like, okay, this is what I love about your process is that it came out of necessity (laughs) and trial and error. And also of like, hey, there's a better way to do this. Like you don't need to, because I think with many of the clients that I work with, that that the exhaustion, the content exhaustion Mm -hmm. is probably easily the number one or number two cause of burnout. And one of the reasons why a lot of entrepreneurs don't really like, quote, content marketing in general, because they're told you've got to be on Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, you know, you got to be posting your own blog and you got to have a podcast and you got to be doing all these things. And, oh, by the way, you need to be doing that every day. Right. And it's the point where if you're a solopreneur, seven hours of your day is just creating stuff and posting it. But for what? For why? Yeah. And so let's talk about how creating the content, you have the direct response background and you understand the psychology. So that was something that that you were able to grasp pretty quickly, but getting the eyeballs to it. Now that is a whole other Hmm. ball game. And I think that's where most marketers completely fall short and and frankly express the most frustration. How did you figure out the formula for making not as frequent content work better? First off, I can understand why they get frustrated because they, they do think that they need to churn out stuff all the time. And so as soon as you finish it, you're exhausted. You don't even want to open the computer, let alone write something new or email people about it or anything like that. But the madness is it scales far better. It's actually scalable. When you are just churning out content all the time, you are hunting. If you don't go out and get the kill, you don't eat. Whereas when you're actually promoting, it's like planting seeds, farming. You know, you're actually going to see a much more scalable result. Same amount of effort, same amount of time, but you'll see far more for like on the back end. Um, That's a great analogy. I've never heard anybody talk about that before, but hunting versus planting seeds. Right. It's, um, I, I wish I could say I came up with it. It's a, it's a variation on a, a guy, James Tramco, who is um, an Australian entrepreneur. Yep. Yeah. Superfastbusiness.com. That's it. I think he's made $100,000 a month for like the last eight years, which is just like- Not, not too shabby. He also works four days a week. So, yeah. um, and he has done since almost the beginning. He was the first person that I ever met and spoke with who actually really lived the lifestyle marketing. Right. Because I, I, yeah, in my career, I've worked for some of the biggest, most famous uh, marketers online. And so people see him in their houses in Malibu and, you know, driving their Bentleys and yeah. all this sort of thing. But then when I get hired and go behind the scenes, it was like chaos. It was chaos. Yeah. They were working 18 hours a day. They were stressed out of their minds. And um, I actually met James at a mastermind group at a house in Malibu. He was there to speak. And I remember no. him talking where he was just like, dude, if I'm working longer than like noon, something's wrong. <laughs> And right. I, it actually rattled me to my core. Like I was just like, what? I, Cause you hear the, the, all of the marketing online talks about that. Oh, the lifestyle. But I never met anybody until him that actually lived the lifestyle, not to cut you off, but I just know you're fine. It. But what you were saying is like, you know, a hundred thousand a month for eight years working four hours a day, four days a week. 
It's crazy, right? And yeah. um, he has all these different revenue models. He's very system orientated. Um, and so big fan of his since probably like when the clothing company and stuff, I was still listening to his stuff then. Um, Cause you get in and you start listening to all these different things. I'm going to be honest. I've totally forgot what the original question was. How <laughs> it was, how, how you figured out the, oh, the, honestly, the eyeballs to less content, because I, I just had a conversation earlier today with somebody in the content marketing game. And he was saying, Oh, you got to be doing videos every single day on YouTube. If you want to track for that. And you're coming along going, Hey, in the last two years, I've only written eight articles. So the one post this year so far. And see, that's, it's so contrarian to what all literally 99.9% of the quote experts are saying is like, you gotta be give content. Oh, it has to, it has to be frequent. It has to be fresh. Google looks at you. And if you're posting lots of content frequently, that's what they like. And you're coming along going, no, create better content and then promote it. And you actually get better results and more juice from Google for doing that. Yeah. Cause most of the, there's nothing wrong with creating a large volume of content if you can promote it. Um, and most people can't. So if you look at someone like Backlinko, who I think he wrote 54 posts in like four years versus uh, I think it's HubSpot, who's got 80 writers. They get the same volume of traffic <laughs> at the time uh, as, a, as one guy and they're churning out content like four or five articles a day. Wow. So it's worth it. Like they, they get a lot of traffic now, but we don't all have teams of people to do stuff. It's usually just us or a partner who's like, you know, helping us out because they can see how hard we're working and things like that. So it's more about learning where to focus your efforts because, okay, so I did this one article. It's about, I did a case study where I was promoting a paid ads article and I did that by getting on podcasts. So I pitched podcasts to get on and I was on 60 podcasts in 90 days, something like that, which is unheard of, especially doing it for free. I wasn't paying for a service. So I wrote a case study about what we did and I teach people how to do it and it's all free. Now, I think that one article has maybe, I think a 30% opt-in rate. Wow. And then from the people who opt in, we've actually taken um, some video training and we have a small offer behind that. 10% of those buy it. And then 50% of the people who buy it then um, end up becoming Academy members. So even though I've only just started promoting it, it's already, it's already positive ROI on its own on automation before I even start to scale it up. And the keyword that it ranks for, I think is worth about 4,000 visits a month. So that one asset will be worth, you know, tens of thousands on its own, just that one piece of content by focusing on. And again, to go back to the question, I just made a lot of mistakes and then started to look at the systems and how they work. Google doesn't want thin content. They want customer experience because if they give a bad experience, people will leave. Likewise, the, the issue with Google is it takes a long time to actually rank, even if you are doing links all the time. So you kind of have this um, hockey stick growth, but the hockey stick handle is like, seven months long, you know, before you actually start to see that tick in traffic. So we look at other traffic channels and other ways to leverage posts and we figure out the strengths and the weaknesses there. And then we just use, I don't know, five, six, seven different channels so that we're using the strengths of them when they're strong so that we can supplement in the weaknesses of others. So for example, when I launch a post, I usually go for influencer marketing straight away. So on day one, we get a lot of traffic, a lot of influencers sharing it. 
that gets a lot of social proof. It usually gets a lot of backlinks straight away. Then we start adding in paid ads because then that fills the gap or we're link building and things like that. There's hmm. other steps to it, but honestly, if ever I seem smart, it's because I made a really painful mistake <laughs> at some point. Um, and that's it. Same with the work-life balance. Like at one point I was working crazy hours. Um, and so that's why I figured I needed to work less because I was just not getting anything done. Right. You know, you'd sit there for eight hours and get, if you were on form, what would take an hour, you know, and you've spent the entire day just banging your head against it. And sometimes it's really hard, you know, to, to see that and step away because we're too involved. But um, I would slap someone who tried who tried to get me to write so many blog posts per day or so many videos <laughs> per day. I'm just like, you are mad. I, yeah. um, I have a good friend of mine. We had this conversation one time and I, cause I, you know, I'm in the process right now where I work a lot of hours and he was just like, you know, Travis, this is the funny thing. Entrepreneurs are the only people that will quit a very secure uh, career and go work 80, 90, 100 hours a week running their own business, also that they can avoid going to a 40 hour per week job. <laughs> yeah, this, which is true. But at the same time, once you get past that, now you're working four hours a week for four times what you were earning. And it's then you're working true. one hour a week for a year's wages and things like that. You know, um, it's just a lot of people don't get past that point, And so they get stuck in it. Yeah, but it is true. We all we all do it. <laughs> so, what are the biggest mistakes you see with people trying to do traditional content marketing? What 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 are the top three or four beliefs that entrepreneurs come to you with that you've seen them enough now where you're like, ah, that drives me crazy. <laughs> um, I think so. Human beings are. Um, we're pattern recognition machines. It's how we saw like images and the stars and things. It's why we could see a tiger's face in a bush, stuff like that. So we often try to emulate people that we see, people who are successful in things. Um, and so when it comes to content, we're reading all these news publications who are churning out high volumes of content. And so we think we need to do the same. But their business model is totally different and not selling a product. They're selling advertising. They're selling a platform. So every time you come back, they get, you know, a dollar for someone looking at an advert kind of thing. So we need to make sure that we're copying the right systems. You know, I would rather copy someone who's writing less and doing less and getting more results. The, the beauty of that, once you realize it, you don't have to churn out this volume, otherwise you'll drown, is that you can actually spend more time on it and create something that converts instead of having a thousand articles that only convert at 1%. You know, you could have one article that converts more, more sales on its own. So uh, don't copy uh, these high volume sites, spend more time and focus on actually understanding your audience because the, the better you can understand them, that's all marketing really is. It's interacting with one person and then a product and helping them connect the dots between the two because some people just can't see it. I used to have a friend who... Um, he used to have to put a t-shirt on a mannequin before he could visualize what it would look like on a person. I have no <laughs> idea how I know. Right. And he does like a high end job and I'm just like, how can you not see that? It's just like, just hold it in front of you in front of a mirror. Anyway, we have to connect the dots for those things. So the more you understand your audience and what motivates them, 
the better it'll perform because it's not scarcity and telling people that there's only five left and things like that can work to a point. But if you can actually understand what is the most painful thing, because that's fear of loss, right? That's why they'll buy. Right. But then they'll have buyer's remorse afterwards because they didn't really want it. They just didn't want to miss out. But if you can figure out what their actual pain is and what's driving them and to help that, then it's so much more powerful. Like we've had people buy our programs before who don't even want to use them. They just want to say thank you for that content. Wow. <laughs> like I just wanted to wait to actually pay you back for like the help that you've given with X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. And then also content is not just about traffic at all. So like I say, that new article that I just wrote doesn't have any kind of like, I think it's got two backlinks so far. So it's not ranking in Google and yet it's getting some traffic and that traffic is converting into sales, probably higher than most websites do who rank number one, because we're focused on the conversion. And we're also focused on pieces of content that do other things. They're not just designed to attract someone. They're also designed to help move them towards a purchase and things like that. So replicating mm. like the salesperson, um, the conversations they would have, understanding the process. But yeah, those, the biggest mistakes I see is high volume, no conversion, um, not really taking the time to understand their audience or why they would want the thing. So how hard is it to untrain traditional <laughs> content marketers to, to give your stuff a try? Uh, it's hard <laughs> until they do it and see results. And then they're like, oh my God. Um, so we had uh, Thorstein, who is a member who's been like there since like early days. He's one of the people who messaged me to put the stuff together. He works in big enterprise SaaS. I think his clients are. So he does like SEO and stuff for these guys and, or like shipping companies and, and things like that. But basically the deal is like some of these clients are worth hundred K a month. And he would write a piece of content and I think he would get maybe three opt-ins the day it was launched and then like maybe 10 over the year. I think he got 25 in the first hour of publishing like a new article. And he said like, I think he's hired four staff since wow. um, due to the higher volume. I haven't really spoken to him since because he's just been uh, just been scaling that. In fact, he's, he messaged me the other day. He's just started a podcast as well, actually. Um but yeah, once people actually start to put in the work and do it properly as well, because sometimes you will get some entrepreneurs who will just try and push through and get everything done, but they'll miss like the subtleties of why it works or they'll be frustrated that it's only getting so many sales, but they didn't know how many sales they got before. Mm, and so right. they don't realize it's actually an 80% difference, you know, things like that. Um, so it's not too hard. I do have a lot of people who focus on sentence structure and... Um, proper grammar and things like that, which are important, but it's more important that it converts. Right. That's the end of the day. That's all it is. You know, presentation and things is one thing, but it has to connect and convert. The, the most effective sales pages of all time, I think were like a grade eight, nine reading level. Yep. It doesn't need to be sophisticated. It just needs to connect. Yeah. yeah you know what I find interesting is that <clears throat> You know, not to get into politics at all, but with the 2016 election in the United States, they um, after they had the one of the first debates, the New York Times transcribed all of the candidates responses and the whole article was basically going, oh, my gosh, Donald Trump's an idiot because he only speaks at a fifth grade reading level. 
And I remember turning to my wife going, oh, my God, I think Donald Trump is going to win. She's like, what? Off of that? I was like, yeah, because, you know, the average reading level for most people is lower. And he was the first politician that actually came. And when you talk to people, they're like, oh, I I understand him. He speaks like me. And he's also uh, inciting emotion. Yeah. The biggest thing is like it's controversy and divisive and things like that. But it's some of those things that um, speak to people so that even people who are against him. are almost even more obsessed. So yeah. you've got these really flared up on both sides. When I first came into uh, copywriting, uh, I, ha- I have a master's degree in in writing, and I, it took me the first eighteen months to untrain myself. It was like I, I always made the joke: I'm, I spent fifty thousand dollars on my degree, and then once I got into my career, I spent a year and a half unlearning everything that mm-hmm. I had to pay the money for because you know I was writing at grade 13, 14 reading level and right. nothing would convert and my coaches were like dude you got to write dumber and uh, and that's it wasn't until i started to i still remember the first day that i wrote a, a sales piece and the first go through i got it to a sixth grade uh reading level and i was literally dancing around my room i'm like i write so dumb that's amazing and i'm not just, not to say that that's dumb i'm just it's a goal that like that level is compared to what i was writing at i was like having to basically you know anyway um, it's more conversational right and yeah and so that's exactly it, it that's exactly it because if if the, if at any point someone is reading you're trying to pull them along like a script or a film or a TV show or something like that. And you're trying to get them to get to this point. And if at any point they have to stop and try and figure out what something is, then they're taken out of the moment. So um, I've got a sales page example for, I think it's a uh, like a Learjet or something like that, like a private jet. And it's super simple because it's just talking to like the most basic things, just conversational as if you went into a showroom and things like that, because you're not selling to engineers, you're selling to the person who wants the thing. Yep. And so if they can understand why and how and how it fits them better and their needs, then it makes so much sense. I will say this, because we're talking about like uh, camera rigs and things like that. Twitch, which is like a gaming platform, almost like YouTube. Right. Yep. And all those streamers, oh my God, the content that they put out, they understand their audience so well that like any software, any plugin, anything, like I've got these two, it's hilarious, but I I set up this entire like expensive lighting rig for this call and then the camera wouldn't work. But I've got these, uh, this company called Elgato um, who make lighting and things for gaming. Elgato. Yeah. If you look at their sales pages, oh my God, man. Like it is such good stuff. Because they really understand their audience. Um, And it's simple, but it's like, you need this because it does this for you. And this is your goal. And that's how you get there. Because otherwise, you're going to look like this, or you're going to do that. And this will get you more views. And so people just like, it's just ticking boxes all the way down. And you're just nodding your head at each sentence until like you're, you're buying. And the whole from front to end, the product when it comes out and the, the packaging and everything, understanding your audience like that and being able to speak to them in the language that they use, it's unreal how much it affects uh, uh, your sales. And if you apply that to your content as well, you just blow everyone else away. Hmm. So one thing I noticed with your work, when you say you, you're only, you know, like this year, you've only written one article, yeah. but your articles are also very long. Yes. So what, what's, do you have a typical word count that your article, that you recommend the articles be at? Mm, 
I think if it's less than 1500, then it's like, imagine that you love your wife um, <laughs> and, and she asks a question and you just give like a four word answer. You know, things are going to go bad pretty quickly if you don't <laughs> take the time. Whereas if you take the time to actually think about it and think why it's important and then give detail and then create a conversation around it, then it's going to be much longer, right? And so in content, I don't think you can really talk about a subject for 15, like less than 1500 words, really. And if you're actually trying to go into detail and say, okay, well, I can understand why that's important and here's how, and then here's how you do that thing. And I'm not just going to say you go and do this. You don't just turn on the camera. You need to like set it up. You need to get the focus rates. You need to like set up the lighting and blah, blah. And I'm going to show you how to do that. Then it easily, you know, you'll add like 2000, 3000 words to an article just because of that. And guess what? The stuff, the pain points that people are searching for online, usually the things that you're talking about and explaining, how do I set up three point lighting? Like three point lighting, I think is like 10,000 searches a month. And you only need like five backlinks to rank on page one for it. Wow. Because no one really talks about it in depth. It's right. just like uh, YouTube videos, which are great, but there's no real content. And that's the irony is that people stick to the medium that they usually use. So videographers make videos about it and then miss out on this other platform. But yeah, sorry. I am I'm two coffees in. No, no, this is great because I think this is important. Um, what? So the process that you teach, what are the core elements that needs to be in an article that someone would produce using it the, the Amplify way? Um, the first thing is trying to think of the goal. Why, why are you writing this? Because not all content, like I said, is for traffic. So sometimes you can create articles that just get a lot of backlinks and that's the entire goal. And your audience might not even care about the topic, but the people, because guess what? Your audience doesn't have a website to link to you. The people who do care about that, who do link, it's something that they would link to like crazy. Or maybe it's an article for sales. So you really need to think of like, what's the end goal of this? What do I want to happen by the end of it first? Then, um, like we, you've seen it, we follow like a really in-depth editing process. So kind of we do the research aspect is probably about 30% of the time of the creation which is the same for writing sales pages, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then maybe more so. But that 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 in and of itself, I think, is is gold right there because I don't think most people will spend that much time researching their articles. It's usually, right. you know, out of, if they're going to take three hours to write an article, they've got 15 minutes. <laughs> right. Where they've like, oh, let me look at the, the top lists or whatever and then try to compile something from that, so. But what I'll do usually is I'll look at all the top content out there, but I'll also try and connect with the audience that it's for. Because just because the best content out there is ranking, that doesn't mean it's the best version. It just means it's the only alternative right now. Yeah. You know, So if I can actually talk to the audience and figure that out in forums, or I might do like a, a Skype call or something, or just to figure out what their actual needs are. I don't need to do it as much nowadays just because I keep writing for the same audience. I understand them better and better each time right um so i will set all that up and then i'll think of the logical path that they need to take to get to that end goal with the information that they need to learn i mean i'll structure that and then i'll also so we use content templates 
So we've made templates to hit on certain goals. So for example, like the headline introduction and how to pull them in, how to stack social proof, how to get them to uh, see that it's not as much effort as they might think it is. Basically getting past um, skepticism, fear, doubt, worry, uh, pushing pain, showing desire, things like that. Um, and I'll put all that information from my research into that template structure. So I make sure I hit those certain plot beats at the right time. And then I will just write a first draft and then polish, polish, polish. So maybe 40% of the time is the editing process, just getting it better and better and better over time. That's fantastic. Well, you know, I, Ernest Hemingway, he's famous for his quote. You may have, you're probably already familiar <laughs> with this. Most writers will, where you know, the first draft of anything is, is total crap. And that's why we edit. It's the editing yep. where he says that Ernest Hemingway was made. And I, oh, again, so I think most writers spend the majority of their time, at least I should say, even say writers, but people who are doing content marketing, the majority of it is in the creation of the content and research and the editing is this small sort of bookends and you're sort of flipping that where the actual creation of the content is the fastest thing and it's the researching and the editing that takes the longest yeah you come up with this rough idea and that actually ties in when you said like common mistakes that people make which i totally forgot and it's just come to me now is they try and write perfect on the screen so they will try and literally type the best article all in one go and they're constantly self-editing as they go and things like that um, and so what happens is there's this massive like pressure to get it perfect. And they're just trying to get, get all this writer's block and things like that. Whereas if you've got something that resembles a structure, cause you know, as well for like uh, TV and film and things, almost everything is following certain storylines and plot beats and stuff anyway. Yep. So you've got to hit those anyway. So you've got these markers, these chapter markers or whatever it is in your article you can just fill out all that information and just have what is a bad TV show or a bad piece of content. It's not the worst because it hits certain things and it's probably more detailed, but then editing after that and editing for certain goals, you know, like making sure we do all the SEO stuff, making sure that we do all the copywriting stuff. So it connects um, small things that we might forget, making sure tone of voice, making sure it's actually simpler than we might've said, like, is there a way to say this easier? All that polish that just makes so much difference to a post at the end is just, it's crazy to see them side by side. So we have one example, that podcast article that I'm talking about, I actually wrote that as well for the Academy as um, an example of start to finish. So I show how I came up with the idea and how I wrote and how I drafted it and things. And you can see like the page of notes and then the first draft and then the final thing and it's just insane to see them next to each other, like the difference that it makes. But yeah, sorry. No, <laughs> that's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it's fantastic. You're giving such good high level stuff here. And the fact that you even took your own process and then recorded you doing it to say like, this is how you do it from start to finish. That That's it's the awesome. best way to teach people though, right? Yeah. Is I, I, rather than just information is to show and then get them to do it as well. It's massive. So where, what is your goals with what you're doing with your academy? Like what, what would you like to see? What's, what are you most excited about moving forward? Um, so the irony is, even though we're good at traffic and things like that, the website only gets a small amount of traffic per day, probably like 20 visitors per day, but it converts like crazy. The main thing being is that we set up all the stuff for conversion first before we scale traffic. 
So my goal right now is to get us to a hundred thousand visitors a month um, on the blog side. Cause that feeds the Academy. Honestly, with the Academy, I just want success stories. I want, it's hard times right now. And I just want people to um, succeed. If I can help people not go under and things like that, then that's all I really could ask for this year and next. If I'm totally honest with you. Yeah. Well, I think what's fascinating is that you're teaching a process that actually becomes stronger the longer it's been in place. So where most people are like, I guess irrelevant, new, 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 new. You're saying, no, take the time to research and put it up. And, you know, when you do this correctly, like you were saying, the last what few years you've written eight articles. Yeah, I think I'm up to to nine or 10 now. That's that's horrible. How could you? But only one this year. James James Schramko would be so disappointed. You're working so right. much. Well, we're in September, <laughs> and I've only done one article this year. In fact, I might even released it in December last year. So we'll wow. see. But that's the thing. I get new people every day. Another mistake is people think well, we need to entertain, and we need to keep churning out volume. You don't. You just need to have something that does a job and get it in front of more people who are like that person. Because that's how mm. you sell. You don't like... If I sell a T-shirt, I don't need to keep coming up to uh, coming up with new designs for the same five people. I need to get that same design into a thousand people's hands. You know, same right. thing with content. Well, this has been fascinating. So, if someone wants to learn your methods and your methodology, where is the best place they can go to connect with you and learn more? Honestly, on the blog um, ampmycontent.com. Everything is on there. And then if you are a subscriber, basically we open up the Academy every so often. And so you'll see that on there, you'll, you'll get notified so you can join. The reason we do that is just so that um, we try and stagger the opens and things so that we can give the best experience to people when they come through the door, mm-hmm. rather than just getting like a thousand people through the door and everyone being ignored. Um, it's, a, it's really important to me that people succeed with the, the things that we teach, because there's a lot of training out there, which is just information, just in a new format. Um, I'd rather be able to give the support and structure. Anyway, so at my contact. How could you care for your customer? Right? That's, that's not, I can tell you're New Zealand, because that is definitely not the American way. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is that, you know, uh, the better results they get, the better we look. Yeah. Like that. Some of those benefits to doing it, but also just to help people out. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for the time. And here's the thing for everyone who's listening. We've covered a lot of great things, but we have not even had the time necessary to delve into what you actually do to drive traffic. Well, the, the, the marketing oh, yeah, content. So <laughs> that, no, that, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, for everyone who's sitting there going, this is amazing. I'm like, yes, but you're missing the big piece. So go to ampmycontent.com and learn that. And then again, I'm going to have to have you come back on the show. And next time we'll just dive into the actual uh, marketing of, of these things. And we'll dive, do some deep dives into, you know, how we get eyeballs to our websites and, and how do we get people to the content we're creating? So one final question for you, yes. how much content for someone who let's say someone's stuck in the content wheel right now and they're just turning it out and they're not getting any results and they're burned out on it. How much content should they create with your process? Should they just do one article and then spend the next six months doing everything they can to market that one article? Should they do two articles? 
Is there a process you take people through instead of, because I think most people are going to hear this and go, yeah, that, that's great. So let me go make a whole bunch of articles and then try to figure out what to do. So do you start people off a little slower with this to kind of, you're detoxing them from their bad uh, content mm. marketing habits. So honestly, for every article you you create, you should spend four to eight times as long promoting it because it, that's how it scales. So like we had one reader, Jason, who has like a 5,000 person uh, Facebook list. And so when he would release an article, he would make, I don't know, a thousand dollars in sales. And then the next week, that article wouldn't get a single reader. And the next month, nothing. And the next year, nothing, you know, like two readers. But the thing is, if we actually promoted it and built links, uh, just this is just one method. You know, um, we realized that it only takes 10 backlinks to get onto page one. So let's say he sends 100 emails, he gets 10 backlinks. For those 100 emails, these custom emails that he sent, now it ranks number one and it gets more traffic every month than it did to his Facebook group. So now every month he's making double the sales and he's not there. So wow. it, the, the key thing is, like I said, again, it's not all just about traffic. Honestly, I think you can, let's say that you write an article and it takes a week to write and then you spend the next three weeks promoting. At the bare minimum, that's what you should be doing, really, because it scales. The only reason to write something new is maybe you've got a new topic you want to talk about. I, I think personally and I'm proof because our business has it, you can get away with about eight or nine articles and actually still be more successful. Not like huge volumes of traffic right away, but you'll have systems in place to actually sell people with content. You'll have systems to build trust and traffic. You'll have systems to get um, leads through the door. And then as you start to promote it and scale it, those same pieces of content now do more for you. So you don't need a high volume. It's like, if you to own a retail store, do you need 65 uh, staff or you just need 10 who are good, you know, to actually make sales in the, on the shop floor? That kind of thing. It's like it's, it's learning where to focus that time and effort correctly. So to answer, sorry, long-winded, um, four times as much promotion as it does take to create at least. And you can get away with a lot less content. In fact, we have a roadmap in the academy where we walk through okay, we're going to get, create three pieces of content to sell. We're going to create a piece of content to get past the skeptical people. Right now we're going to create content to build authority in our industry, which is about five articles. Because if people see like five to eight articles on a topic from one person, then they see that as who is the guy for this? It's that person there who's just wrote five articles on it. You know, And then you can get away with, I know we haven't really talked about it, but like I said, content that's just designed for to attract people who would link to you. Because if you've got one piece of content that has a lot of links, it pulls up the rankings of the rest of the content on your site, mm. you know? And this is just, we haven't talked about influencers, podcasting, guest posting, paid ads, YouTube ads, YouTube <laughs> videos, all that. What we just talked about is in. just the tip of the iceberg. Oh yeah. It's, this is just the aha moment. And it's not designed to try and get people to buy the stuff. It's just kind of like, help you see that there is, a better way and maybe you can take the rest of the weekend off you know and just well what i love about the concept of sort of you know four to one spend four times longer promoting than you actually create the material is that it by nature forces us to slow down yep 
And I, you know, I think that's the thing that's endemic with especially online marketing is it's just like run, 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 run as fast as you can. And so everybody's running and putting all these iron and hustle and grinding, but they don't really know why they're doing it other than that they're one, they're told to do that. And two, you know, once they quit their job and go in their own business now, it's like, oh man, I, if I don't work this long, I'm not going to have the income that I need. So doing your way systems yeah well and so your way is more consistent but it also forces to slow down i'm like "Ah, great 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 okay now slow down and now go focus on promoting that and uh yeah so well then you thank you so much for being on the show today i certainly appreciate it uh look forward to having you back on and uh talking about some more of this because this has been fantastic you are most welcome thank you for having me sir Hey, it's Travis Cody. Thanks for listening to The Just Right Show, and I want to make sure you're plugged into everything we've got going on. Go to traviscody.com forward slash show and join the email list so you can get notified when new episodes come out. Plus, you can find links to the transcripts of every episode we've done in the past. You can also grab a free copy of my best-selling books that share even more details on how you can up-level your own writing skills. Finally, if you enjoyed the show, I'd consider it a personal favor if you'll leave me a review on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.